is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. President Joe Biden made a surprise visit to Kyiv, Ukraine's capital, to meet with his counterpart, Volodymyr Zelensky. The trip was Mr. Biden's first to Ukraine since Russia invaded almost a year ago. Pledging to support Ukraine's war effort, quote, for as long as it takes, Mr. Biden promised a new delivery of military equipment, including Javelin anti-tank missiles and radars. A 6.3 magnitude earthquake and powerful aftershocks struck Hatay province in southern Turkey, where devastating 7.8 and 7.5 magnitude quakes hit two weeks ago. Turkish officials said that three people died and 213 were injured. The epicentre was Antakya, where some remaining buildings were damaged. Most residents were staying in temporary tents. 34 countries questioned whether Russian and Belarusian athletes should compete as neutrals at the next Olympics, as the organisation in charge of the Games had suggested and urged their exclusion in a statement. Signatories, including America, Britain and France, which is hosting the 2024 event in Paris, doubted whether those countries' athletes could really be considered neutral when they are directly funded and supported by their states. Archbishops representing 10 of 42 provinces in the Anglican Communion said they no longer recognise the Archbishop of Canterbury as their leader after the Church of England backed blessings for same-sex couples. The discontented primates, all from the Global South, claim to represent three-quarters of Anglicans. In the loosely organised Anglican faith, the head of the Church of England is considered first among equals. Tens of thousands of Israelis protested in cities across the country against the government's formal introduction of a controversial legal reform bill that would curb the power of the judiciary. Inside Parliament, opposition lawmakers raised Israeli flags and shouted over the bill's debate. Demonstrations have persisted for weeks. Earlier, President Joe Biden rebuked the reforms. The Netherlands warned that Russia has sought to sabotage Dutch energy infrastructure in the North Sea, including gas pipelines, wind farms and internet cables. A Dutch intelligence official said that a ship had been intercepted while mapping such infrastructure in recent months. Russia has denied involvement in the September bombing of Nord Stream 1 and 2 gas pipelines under the Baltic Sea. Hong Kong announced plans to allow retail investors to trade in the two largest cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin and Ether. Financiers will now be able to trade cryptocurrencies on licensed exchanges. Previously, they were forced to rely on unlicensed platforms. The changes will bring Hong Kong in line with its competitor, Singapore, which has permitted retail cryptocurrency trading for years. And fact of the day... 42%, the percentage of adults in America who are obese. And now, here's a deeper look at the day ahead.
Putin speaks to Russia's parliament. President Vladimir Putin will be studying this week's diplomatic events in Eastern Europe closely. On Monday, his American counterpart, Joe Biden, made a surprise trip to Ukraine, his first visit since Russia invaded nearly a year ago. On Tuesday, Mr. Biden will give a speech in Warsaw, Poland's capital, in which the White House says he will send a clear message to the Kremlin. He has already pledged more military equipment for Ukraine, including anti-tank missiles and radars. At more or less the same time, Mr. Putin will also be speaking out in his annual address to Russia's parliament. He may feel obliged to respond to Mr. Biden's diplomatic jaunt. But anyone hoping for a dramatic announcement about the war will probably be disappointed. The Kremlin has instead promised, no doubt, riveting reflections on Russia's economy and, quote, social sphere. And when Mr. Putin does discuss Ukraine, he will surely repeat his favorite refrain, blaming the West for his decision to wage war. Microsoft's Activision bid goes to Brussels. Microsoft's lawyers will meet EU antitrust officials at a closing hearing on Tuesday to defend the company's plan to buy Activision Blizzard, a video game maker. The proposed acquisition for $69 billion is by far the biggest deal the gaming industry has ever seen, but it's struggling to gain momentum. Like authorities in America and Britain, the European Commission worries that the deal could reduce competition, especially if Microsoft makes Activision's games available only on its own cloud. Yet European authorities may be more flexible than their American and British counterparts. America's Federal Trade Commission has already filed a lawsuit to block the merger. Britain's Competition and Markets Authority came squarely down against it in a provisional statement earlier this month. The Commission, however, might accept a deal in which parts of Activision are spun off into separate companies, as Microsoft is likely to offer at the hearing. If the American tech giant can negotiate a deal with the EU, it could serve as a template for other regulators to follow. The Walmart Barometer Walmart, an American supermarket giant, will report its fourth quarter results on Tuesday. Analysts are expecting healthy year-on-year sales growth of around 4.4%. Walmart's low prices have helped it perform better than its competitors at a time when consumers are being hurt by inflation. All the same, its results will be viewed as a barometer for the retail sector. Many other retailers have yet to report their results from last quarter, which includes the all-important Christmas shopping frenzy. It has been a bumpy few years. A splurge on goods during lockdown began to diminish last year because of rising prices and a shift back towards spending on services, especially on hospitality and entertainment. That has forced many retailers to clear inventories at a discount, crimping margins. Investors worried about the uncertain outlook for America's economy will be eager to hear Walmart's guidance on growth for the year ahead. Internet Algorithms Reach the Supreme Court On Tuesday, America's Supreme Court considers a law governing Internet communications that galls Republicans and Democrats alike. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act gives web platforms largely free reign to host or remove users' content without worrying about lawsuits brought in response to damaging words or images. Critics on the left say that the law allows platforms to spread hate speech. Those on the right contend that it permits suppression of conservative voices. Despite many attempts, Congress hasn't found a fix. 
Now the justices get a turn. Gonzalez v. Google was brought by relatives of a woman killed by Islamic State in a terrorist attack in Paris in 2015. They say that YouTube, Google's video platform, shares blame for her death, as its algorithm fed radicalizing clips to potential Islamic State recruits. Google contends that without the protection of Section 230, sites will lose the capacity to help users find, quote, needles in humanity's largest haystack. The outcome is hard to predict. Only one justice has spoken about the issue, warning of the, quote, enormous control that digital platforms wield over speech. Shakespeare's First Folio at 400 This year marks the 400th anniversary of the first collected edition of William Shakespeare's plays, known as the First Folio. Half of the works in it had never been published before. In London, the Globe Theatre is celebrating by staging a season of plays that would have been lost without the first folio, starting this week with The Winter's Tale. But this Shakespearean staple will be performed with a twist. The Globe boasts not one, but two theatres inspired by historical venues. The Winter's Tale will play across both. Shakespeare's tale of two kingdoms switches back and forth between a domestic tragedy set in Sicilia and a pastoral comedy set in Bohemia. To reflect those changes in setting and mood, the Globe's production traverses between the theater's small, candlelit indoor space, the show's team features a candle consultant, and the lively expanse of its famous outdoor venue. The concept is clever, enhanced by an entertaining execution of perhaps the playwright's most famous stage direction, Exit Pursued by a Bear. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 hours GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. Tuesday. Which American crooner was known for songs such as Magic Moments and It's Impossible? Monday. What is the alternative name for an abbess, the head nun in a convent? Finally, here's the quote of the day from John Rawls, who was born on this day in 1921. The suppression of liberty is always likely to be irrational. That's the World in Brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.